One of my favorite guys, Matthew Shinetti, CFL and TSN reporter, always does such a great job. Matty, how are you? Not too bad, Andy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Like, we start tonight with the Labor Day games. You have Johnny Manziel, who's returned to play, but it looks like Antonio Pipkin is going to be in instead against the Red Blacks. And when you look at, at the quarterback situation in Montreal here, Matt, is it okay? They want to make sure, give Johnny, he didn't really practice, another full week of practice and get back in. Like, even if Pipkin upsets the Red Blacks, you got to go back to Johnny for all that you gave up for him, don't you? Yeah, here's the here's the deal with what's going on in Montreal, and uh, it, it on on the surface, Andy, it could look a lot like what happened in um, in Hamilton with uh, with Jeremiah Masoli. It's not one reason in particular is that Antonio Pipkin will be making his third start, and it's interesting. Nick Lewis tweeted something out today saying that the uh, the Alouettes uh, now have a quarterback they can win with in Antonio Pipkin. Um, I understand Nick Lewis being a two-time Grey Cup champion. It's the same so, same thing um, a friend of ours, Matt Black, with the Argos has, has been saying as well. Uh, I'd really like many of these CFL players to be more transparent with the fact that they don't like Johnny Menzel. There is, <laughs> there, is a, there is a very, very tangible, I can tell you on the sidelines, dislike for Johnny Menzel and all, all he's brought to the CFL. Hmm. That's fine. The reason it's different in Montreal is that Mike Sherman has a belief and has bought in, and, and, and I'm not going to say hitched his wagon, wagon to Menzel, but he has a firm belief that Menzel can play well in this league. Doesn't, that does not diminish, diminish what Antonio Pipkin did, 300 yards passing and two rushing touchdowns uh, against the Argos last week. But be very mindful that Antonio Pipkin also got released by the Alouettes before the season started and was sitting on his couch. Huh. Again, not to dismiss what he's, what he's done, but he's in there right now because Johnny Manziel is injured. The Alouettes, as, although a lot of their moves this summer have made no sense, have brought Johnny Manziel in, yes, for, a market, for marketing reasons, but also because of the connection he has with Mike Sherman and to see if he can learn under Kahari Jones. I would be shocked if we don't see Johnny Menzel in some kind of package tonight uh, to kind of further his CFL education. Or who knows? Uh, listen, the way that Montreal has, has operated, it also wouldn't surprise me, although I, don't necessarily, I, I do agree with you, he should get an extra week. If ten, Antonio Pipkin starts to struggle, and all of a sudden they pull the chute and uh, put Manziel in. Hmm. But I think this is a very different situation than Hamilton, where Jeremiah Masoli was an established starter, was an established veteran in the CFL. I, I don't necessarily think there is any tangible quarterback controversy uh, in Montreal right now. Yeah, I'm with you. It's much easier to go back from an Antonio Pipkin in that sense. And and really, like, they don't, uh, Matt, at some point, they don't really have a choice. Like, if you're ownership of the Alouettes and you say, no, we're going to sit Johnny and play Pipkin going forward, well, then wouldn't my thinking be, well, why the heck did you give up our future, our present, and everything to give this guy a shot? Get him the hell in there. Yeah, like, that's got to come into it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But then again, you know, this is also the team that traded for uh, Landon Rice as part of sure. the Johnny yeah. Menzel trade and released him yeah. uh, just a couple of days ago when he got signed. But the offensive lineman just got signed again by the Hamilton Tigercats. Ultimately, all eyes are Johnny on, on, on Johnny Menzel. This is good to go back to my point about Nick Lewis and, and guys like Matt Black, established CFL veterans who don't like the fact that Johnny Manziel's come in is making over you know, $250,000 with incentives and has garnered this much attention. 
You don't like it, that's too bad. We're all talking about Johnny Manziel. If you look on our website, tsn.ca, you look at our all our social media accounts, anytime we mention Manziel, the, the views go up. People oh. want to see what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, again, that's not to say that you should just throw him into the fire, but he is going to be the story. He, uh, I, uh, Montreal certainly, uh, and, and General Manager Kavis Reed, has made it quite clear that they, they want him to be a part of the Alouette's future. Um, but also, given all the situation surrounding that hit that Jonathan Rose laid on Menzel about three weeks ago here in Ottawa, uh, at the end of the day, you do have to be careful. Um, because there also are, as Mike Sherman also stressed a few weeks ago, underlying medical issues that, that Johnny Menzel, uh, pre-diagnosed medical issues he's dealing with. So, yes, above all, everything else, above quarterback controversy and player opinions and all that stuff, you have to take it. You have to take Menzel's health into consideration because the one thing beyond this game, this week, this season, Johnny Menzel has inserted himself into the CBA negotiations with the with the concussion protocol and then what happened afterwards. So, um, however you want to spin it, look at it. We'll be talking about Johnny Menzel in some uh, way or fashion for the rest of the season. Oh, sure, and Matt. It's fascinating to me the storyline for Johnny, his start to his CFL career and NFL career when he finally got into start are almost identical. You had a first outing where he got blown out and embarrassed. The second outing showed improvement, but also got concussed. That was the same thing. He got injured in his second NFL game. And I hope for, for Manziel's sake, like he he has the, the big dog mentality in the little man's body. He plays like he's 6'5", but he's not. And the, the reason why guys, smaller quarterbacks, like if you go to the NFL, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, they're successful is they protect themselves, get out of bounds, slide, whatever. I hope... That for Johnny's sake, he realizes now, I got to start doing that and stop just recklessly throwing my body around. Otherwise, this stint in the CFL is going to be continuously interrupted with injury. If you listen to his podcast over the last couple of weeks, Menzel has tried to go ahead and show a more mature, more uh, eloquent side of him. And in particular, he talked about, you know, possibly should have stayed at Texas A&M a year longer instead of being drafted by the Browns uh, about four or five years ago. Um I think he understands that, but there is something about Menzel now that I've seen him on the sidelines that I've seen him play, uh, that he gets on there and the, the competitive juices start flowing mm-hmm. and he wants to do a whole lot of stuff. And um, I think it kind of, maybe Menzel's situation com- kind of compartmentalizes where football is going. Um, we can't have it both ways. You can't be, um, you can't be so, so obsessed and so rigorous in player safety and then have somebody, uh, and these are young players. Johnny Menzel is only mid, in his mid-20s. He is very much still a young man who is, who is learning and, and maturing. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to reconcile the both of them. And I hope, given Mike Sherman's ample experience in the NFL and in college football, and I hope with someone like Kahari Jones, who was the MOP in the CFL, uh, that, you, that you tell someone like Menzel that, self-preservation is so important in football, whether you're, as you said, Russell Wilson or Drew Brees or Mike Riley out in Edmonton. I mean, Mike Riley towers over Johnny Menzel. He's six foot three and about six foot, six foot three inches wide too. And yet he had to learn about self-preservation as well. Um, Football is a scary game. It's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And you have to uh, be very wary of, uh, what you're putting your body into. You know, you go back to that play, as I mentioned, Jonathan Rose hitting Manziel on the goal line. Uh, he could have avoided so much had he just slid, but he wanted to get that touchdown. 
Um, sometimes you need to, and whatever he wanted to show his teammates, sometimes um, maybe sacrificing that uh, tenacity, that competitiveness, sometimes it's better to um, live and play another uh, live and play another play. Uh, then put yourself on the line like that in a game, uh, you know, in the third quarter of week nine. Yeah, exactly. In conversation with Matthew Shinetti, CFL on TSN Reporter on Twitter at TSN Shinetti. Okay, Matt, let's get to the Labor Day Classics. And this, from both sides, like you can look at all all four of these games, and each one really does matter. You have in the West, you have Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, where they're battling for that third spot and try to keep pace with Edmonton. Then you got Edmonton, Calgary. Well, pff, heck, Edmonton has to keep going. You got Saskatchewan breathing down their neck. And the wonder, let's talk about now Toronto, Hamilton. Argos get upset by Montreal. They're three and six. Tie Cats at four and five. Argos need to keep pace, and Hamilton's trying to put some distance. Like, what are you expecting out of this game Monday between the Argos and Tie Cats? I expect a lot of offense, um, and it has to be that way because the Argos need this win. Uh, they need this win, not necessarily um, to uh, you know get back into the East, but it's also to get away from the crossover. I mean, beating BC as they did a few weeks back was great because it put distance between them and BC in terms of a West team crossing over, but beating Hamilton will be so key in terms of getting the Argos um, out of that out of that situation, although with the way that Winnipeg has been playing and, and their struggles, um, and then obviously BC still has Travis Lula, that could still be an issue. But what, what you have to do if you're McLeod Buffalo-Thompson is understand that you're going into an atmosphere uh, unlike anything you've ever experienced in your career because this is only going to be his third start. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or sorry, it's only his fourth start. And this is, this is, so, this is so interesting on so many levels because uh, the Argos are dealing with so many injuries, um, and you have the Duron Carter factor now coming in, although he won't play. Bethel Thompson, um, uh, and 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 really his growing understanding of the professional game. It all lines up for the Tie Cats to be um, very successful. But the one thing, notwithstanding that big comeback against Edmonton last week. The Ticats typically, when they have games where, at least the last couple of years, where they should win, where they should um, have some advantage, uh, they sometimes play down to their opponents. June Jones has talked about it. So um, this, I, I really believe this could be a, a drag-out offensive battle. Um, but it's going to take, uh, as it always does when it comes to Hamilton this year, it's going to take a key play. It's going to come down to the last two minutes. It's it's that 57 plus three, as, as Mark Tresson always talks about. Um, I'm interested to see if the Ticats can build off of that win against Edmonton because Lou Tasker said if the Ticats do end up going to the Great Cup, they'll look back on that, that late comeback against Edmonton as a, as a, as a real signifier that, that the team had turned a corner. However, given the way the Argos um, have been playing and, and have played against they themselves play down to opponents, but the way they play up to opponents, you think about that big comeback against uh, the Red Blacks and, and obviously the comeback against the BC Lions. Um, this is th- th- this is so key because last season at this time the Argos really picked up um, their play. I think they I think they finished their season seven and two on uh, route to on uh, route to uh, the playoffs and getting to the Great Cup. This is uh, this is still uh, everything to play for, but that's just the nature of it. Once Labor Day comes around, everything starts to matter. Yep, and then you got the return game the following week. So these next two weeks for these two teams in the whole East Division, very big implications come playoff time. Uh, Matt, thank you so much, man, as always. Take care. All right, you too. Matthew Shinetti.
CFL on TSN Reporter, on Twitter, at TSN Shenetti.